Working on a weekend like usual Way off in the deep end like usual Niggas swear they passed us, they doing too much Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up Well, hello, hello to everyone This is Cesar Gomez actually here um, Recording this episode And I actually super excited I actually have a great person And a great friend that we've become Through the short period of time And actually he's in the baseball world and today we're actually going to be talking about baseball but not just baseball we're going to talk about the legacy that his father left that he is actually still evolving and making something bigger than big and actually today we're going to hear his story and i'm actually very very honored and privileged to have you here joe uh joe welcome thanks for thanks for having me well, thank you for accepting the invite. Of course. I mean, I don't live very far, so <laughs> find myself maybe coming here a little bit more often, hanging out in the back garage room. Absolutely. We call this. Well, thank you. Thank you. So let's let's talk a little bit about Joe, yeah. shall we? Cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've been coaching baseball for, shoot, what year is it now? Seven years now, full time. I played professionally for six years. I I mean, I grew up in the game. My dad coached college ball when I was a kid, and then he got into coaching kids. And, and you know, I've kind of been around this my whole life. Um, I didn't take it seriously as an athlete until maybe eighth grade, you know, and then I really had to – I wasn't very good. I was actually kind of a shitty player. But <laughs> but I but, like that. Yeah, but I had – you know, my, my dad was really cool about it. You know, he didn't – you know, he didn't expect me to be, you know, all-world and – you know, go to the big leagues and all that stuff, even though he kind of instilled, you know, the idea of me having big dreams and thinking big and all that stuff. So it was kind of cool to have. You so know. so you, you played baseball. Your dad was, you know, built the organization that you're now in charge of. And you said you sucked, right? Yeah. So as a parent, you know, knowing that you love something so much and seeing your son that, you know, that like you said, that you suck, how did he take that? Well, you know, at the time, I really think that um, he kind of just let me do my thing. You know, I think it's really important that at some, you know, early, you know, early in childhood development, you got to, you know, pursue other sports and pursue other activities and, and not take, you know, take one thing so seriously. Um, if, if, you know, the kid really isn't gung-ho about, you know, being involved in that one activity only, you know. Um, so I'm really big, like my kids, you know, my son's eight now and he wants to play soccer. I signed him up for little league just in case he wanted to play, but then he changed his mind. Now he's playing soccer. You know, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I want him to try things and, and see what he really wants to do and really likes to do. Um, when I was, you know, when I was a kid, my dad said, Hey, if you want to play college ball, you're going to have to take it seriously when you're 14. Unfortunately, I feel like, you know, that age is now getting younger and younger. If you want to take it seriously, to play college baseball, like shooting. Now I feel like you know you got to be twelve to start getting good habits, you know. So that by the time you get to high school, you're you have confidence and you're a little bit more prepared, um, you know, as a player, so that you know you 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 can kind of take those steps to continue to develop, you know, as you you know enter the you know latter years of your high school career. So um, <clears throat> things have just evolved a lot in the last 20, 25 years in, in the youth baseball world. Um, which, you know, I, I, it's been kind of a cool, uh, you know, process to kind of see all this kind of evolve and kind of, you know, take shape into what it is now. 
Um, it's it's kind of crazy though, and, and and you know how many travel teams though, and how many you know academies are out there. But um, you know, I like to be a part of it. Like to like to be around my players and around our coaches, and it's a lot of fun. So let's talk about you know. So you know, growing up, your dad was very involved in the in the baseball world, and you know, you said you played, but you sucked. When was that turning point that you said, you know what, this is really what I want to do? Because you said earlier that you played pro ball. So let's 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 start at the journey where where you suck. And the reason I want to bring this up is because many people out there think that, you know, you played pro ball that you got lucky, right? And they don't understand that there was a moment in time that you sucked. And that's a great point because most people think that you were great since you were four. Yeah. It, there's a misconception. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, there, there was a story that my dad, and I remember, like, I, I mean, obviously I was around my dad a lot, um, you know, and, and even though I didn't play, you know, and I took these times for granted at the time, but I was around him when he used to coach other kids or other players, you know, so I was, you know, because I was with him. And so, like, there was a story he used to always tell about a professional player back in the 90s. I can't remember who it was, but about how, um, he was doing a press conference after a game and or before a game or whenever it was, but he one of the one of the reporters asked him, "Hey, you know, do you feel lucky to be here? You know, you know, referring to the big leagues, to Major League Baseball." And you know, he kind of got aggravated and said, "Hey, you know, I don't I don't really feel lucky. I feel like I prepared myself and you know I took advantage of my opportunities and you know that's what led me to this point." And so that kind of, you know, always stuck with me, you know, um, and I, did, I wasn't very good. I was I, I was I was a strong kid because I played other sports. I played basketball. I played a little bit of roller hockey. Um, you know, on my free time, I'd go out and play, you know, some some football on the street in front of the house, you know, stuff like that. Um, kind of just fooling around and horsing around like kids used to do. Now, now they don't do it as much. Now they're all on TikTok and 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 you know what I mean so um so I used to climb trees and ride my bike and you know so I, I was a, I was a physical kid and then I got into you know I seriously got into you know playing baseball and I wasn't very good I I, I remember a tournament when I was well I guess you know rewind a little bit I did play like little league and stuff like that but then I was 11 years old and went to Cooperstown I struck out like all 11 at bats you know and that was kind of like the turning point for me and I was like shoot I just want to play something else you know and then I turned you know, a couple of years goes by. My dad says, hey, you're going to go to high school next year. You need to play baseball. If you want to play college ball, I'm like, all right, I'll play baseball. So, you know, I went out there and I, you know, kind of picked up where I left off and I struck out, you know, the next, you know, four weekends in a row, like every single at bat, you know, I made every ball that hit was hit to me. I, you know, made an error, you know, and I couldn't really throw every time I threw the baseball, my arm hurt, you know, so it was always, there was always something that I feel like if I, if I didn't have somebody like my dad kind of in my corner, pushing me at the right times, I probably would have quit, you know? Um, was he, was he, you know, I know he's a big part of your life, um, but when you were going through those challenging moments, was he hard on you or was he more instructive? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what I, I, I try to emulate. He was way like, not very negative with me at all. You know, whenever I made an error, whenever I made a mistake, he always would like be constructive with me and, and, you know, taught me how to, you know, be confident in myself regardless of what the outcomes were, you know? So, I mean, I'm sure deep down inside, he was just like, what the hell is going on? You know, but <laughs> I, you know, and he, but he never, 
he never portrayed those emotions to me. He never, you know, he never projected that my way. He was always very good at, okay, well, this is the adjustment we need to make, you know, for the next time. So if I got thrown out stealing over and over and over again, it wasn't ever, hey, we need to shut it down. It was always, okay, well, what can we do differently, you know, so that next time you don't make that same mistake and you put yourself in a better position to be safe. You know, so, you know, that's kind of the, the, the mindset. mindset. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the mindset that I have, that I took on as a player, you know, when I wasn't very good and I had to make, you know, really big strides in a short period of time to compete at, you know, even just the high school level. Um, I think I played varsity baseball when I was a freshman, you know, pri primarily because I was just physical and, you know, I kind of understood the game, but I wasn't, I still wasn't that good. You know, I wasn't that confident either because I wasn't, I hadn't played as long as everybody else. Um, but by the time I was 16, you know, I had a chance to, um, you know, compete for a USA baseball spot, you know, and that was cool. You know, and at the time it's not as big as it is now. Like there's not, you know, for the, for the people out there that know what USA baseball is now, it's like this giant, you know, yeah. conglomerate, you know, and <laughs> back then it was just, you know, you know, USA baseball hosts one tournament a year and that was it, you know, but, um, yeah, I got a chance to play with really good players, um, guys that are still in the big leagues now, um, mm -hmm. you know, and then by the time, you know, 17, 18 years old, um, you know, I just, I, I had to make, you know, take big jumps in a yeah. short period of time to, to, to get to where I was able to get to. Otherwise, it, it, it probably wouldn't have worked out, you know. Um, and what, one of the things that you said earlier was that your dad taught you how to adjust, how to refine the mistake. And that is such a great philosophy to teach any person, because if you learn how to adjust when you make a mistake, well, you're, first of all, it creates awareness. Second of all, when you're going to make that mistake, you remind yourself not to do it. And that's how you evolve and, and get better. You know, most people don't realize that if you make a mistake, instead of, you know, um, finding an excuse why it happened, if you refine it, well, it won't happen to you again. You just start evolving from that moment on. Right. And that's... And that's the same philosophy you you're using with your organization. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's so, I feel like there's, there's a niche in what we do because we're so focused on instruction more so than we're focused on, you know, building championship teams, even though, you know, I, I do feel like winning is, you know, it, it, it's one of the most, let's put it this way. There's not a, there's not a college coach in the country that doesn't want somebody who knows how to win. That sure. makes sense. So, you know, I, I feel like winning kind of breeds development, you know, so you teach kids how to win, then they start to find different avenues to get that edge or they get, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's something where you got, it's a, it's a fine line, you know? And so, um, but yeah, I mean, we're primarily, um, you know, in, instructionally based, you know, and how we teach, um, we don't want to put winning at the forefront of it all even though we know that there's, you know, it, it defines, you know, sometimes defines the character of a kid's will, will to yeah. continue on. And I have a philosophy that I say when, when you do the right things first, the wins come right after, mm -hmm. right behind it. So if you set up, you know, in this, in this case, you're, you're setting up these kids, you know, you set them up to, to evolve, to develop, um, they're going to win because you're setting them up because winning could, could fall into a luck thing. Mm -hmm. But if you set them up correctly through the process and they win, 
it's not a coincidence. It's because they understand what they're doing. Right. You know, it's life. And in life, when you win and you know what you're doing, is because that's why you won. You know, and it's not like a lottery thing. So you know, that's I have that philosophy. I'm like, you know, um, when you win, it's because you set up everything correctly. Wow. And you know, that, I think in baseball, that's you know, seventy five percent of the time, that's how it that's how it rolls. You know, twenty five percent of the time, it could just be luck. Yeah. You know, baseball is different. Like you know, football and basketball, generally the most physical teams win all the time. Baseball, you know, it's different. You know, because you have you know guys that can bunt, and you have guys that can hit the ball out of the park, you have guys that throw hard, you have guys that run. You have some teams you play against where the, none of the kids have very, you know a whole lot of talent at all, but they still put it together well. You know, collectively as a group. You know, so. Um, but yeah, you're, I think you're 100% right that, you know, it's just about refining those habits, you know, so that, you know, the formula, once it's put together, you know, it's, it's pretty much foolproof, you know, especially yeah. at the younger ages, you know, so. Yeah. And that's one thing, you know, um, as, as in, you know, gone through this process that, you know, um, my son's actually part of your organization, but seeing the journey and, and for me, I've never played baseball. I sucked. I was a kid. I played little league and. And I sucked in Little League, and I never played again. And But I've seen many people teach their kids bad habits, so when they get to that 13, 14-year-old, uh, 13, 14 years old, they, are, they came up with all bad habits. So when they got to break those habits, that's a mental, that's a mental um, strain on the kid. Yeah, it's, it's hard, you know, because you got to really get a kid that wants to be coached up, you know, and yeah. sometimes it's it's the process is different for a kid who you know isn't very coachable and and a lot of times because you're dealing with kids it's not oftentimes it's not their fault it's just they come off a certain way they make a facial expression that they're not you know they don't realize they're making their body language sucks and they don't realize that's happening you know just little things that make coaches that that turn them off that turn coaches off from wanting to coach a player you know and you know i don't think you know kids are 100% at fault for that yet just because they're just trying to figure it all out. Correct. You know, um, I think, you know, by the time they turn 16, 17, 18, you know, it's right. a completely different story. Now they should know better. They clicks. You know, uh, I mean, they, they, you know, they should understand, you know, what they say, how they project, what kind of, you know, what kind of facial expressions they give when they are getting coached. They need to be, you know, they, they need to be more mindful of the respect level that they're giving because otherwise you're going to get, coaches like Takayoshi, you know, that will just, you know, blow kids up and not even realize they're not even adults, you know, and, you know, so it's, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, trying to get through to a player and the best way you know how, especially when you're dealing with, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds, because they're just, they're really just trying to, well, one, they're trying to figure out the sport, two, they're trying to figure out the, the personalities between, you know, the players, the coaches, and they're trying to find that co the, that cohesiveness and the chemistry with the group. Um, so it's, it's a matter of identifying each player and what their cues are so that you can, you can work with that. And they're not, you know, they're not turned off by your style of coaching. Yes. You know? I know. And that makes perfect sense because you're actually identifying where their strengths are and then positioning them for them to be able to excel. Right. Cool. So Joe, let's talk about, you know, your organization. Let's talk about, how your dad started this organization and how how it has evolved and the myths because there's there's a lot of hearsay and you know uh us being part of your organization you know we we bought into the process right and 
the in what your dad has built, you took on the legacy and continue it. So let's talk about how your dad started this amazing opportunity for the for the pretty for for the youth because if it wasn't for this you know the, the organization is a nationwide organization um kind of i mean we're 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 popping up in regions i never thought we would pop up in you know but it's you know just the way it just kind of evolved and it's not something where we try to go out there and 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 you know create as many teams as possible it's just you know, good people we know, you know, come to us and say, hey, you know, is this something we can do in our area? How do we do this? And we, we figure it out, you know, cool. um, you know, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, the way my dad started all this back in, you know, 92, you know, he was in college coaching, like I said, and he, he coached at a, a San Jose State for a little bit. He coached at College of San Mateo, which is up north in Northern California. And then he came down to RCC, coached with Dennis Rogers um, who is, you know, in the college coaching world is, is, is legendary, you know? And so, um, I, you know, just growing up, you know, me as a kid growing up, you know, with my dad coaching, you know, I was always around the game. So I, I just feel like when he, when he decided to kind of break away from the college coaching scene, he was really focused on, you know, how to get players more prepared or college baseball. I, I remember one of the stories he told me about, you know, when he was at Riverside City College, um, they had a tryout with like 115 players or 125 players, and they only kept one guy out of the whole tryout because he had a good arm, and everybody else just, you know, wasn't really, you know, wow. quite there, you know. And so um, I think that was kind of one of the reasons, you know, he just kind of felt like, you know, there's a need for this, you know, for – and at the time, there was, you know, a lot of people that were telling him, hey, this isn't going to work. You know, you're not, um, this this doesn't exist. You know, he, he wanted to teach, you know, he wanted to teach baseball to kids. And, you know, at the time, Little League was big, right? Little League's still kind of big. You know, Pony didn't really get quite started yet, but he was, you know, it was right around the time, I think, when they were starting to pioneer and, 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 and you know, um, take off with their organization. And then I think American Legion and, and things like that were around, but nothing like this where, you know, you, you, you host a practice once a week and you deal with, you know, you teach kids baseball and not only that, like parents are going to pay you, you know, and that was like a weird, that was just kind of weird concept at the time. And it was, I just remember, you know, hearing from parents all the time, you know, that, you know, oh, that's expensive. Oh, I, you know, I get it, you know, and that's, you know, if, if it's not something you're willing to invest in, I think even at this point now, you know, then, then don't do it, but you're going to see, and that, you know, as my dad kind of you know, prove with, with, you know, what he began and, and, you know, what he built, um, you know, that those, those guys that were, you know, where the parents did invest in their kids in the, in that way that they, they, they all excelled in one way or another, whether, whether it was on the field or they take whatever they learned from baseball and they apply it to anything else, uh, they want to do. And it's just the work ethic, um, and the, the finding the edge mentality that kind of, that I think he instilled and, in, you know, not just me, but shoot, hundreds of probably even thousands of you know players you know when when they were young where they take it on and, and they they move on in life and they go ahead and, and and succeed in whatever they do it's been kind of cool and and being being able to keep in touch with a lot of these a lot of these guys that you know whether they were older than me or younger than me that played for my dad and hear their stories about how he impacted their lives you know you know through just going to the field once a week or twice a week yeah um you know it's still it, you know that doesn't get old it's, really nice to hear that's so. the legacy that yeah he left yeah you know, 
you know, like you said right now that many people said what he was trying to do wouldn't work. And it did work. He changed the game. And, you know, the, the organization that is still going on, he handed the torch to you. So he built this. How many years did it take for him to be able to say, this is working? Do you even remember or no? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think it always worked for him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, baseball, you know, for him, he, he respected the game in a way where um, he got a lot in return from it. You know, and, and so and the, and the reason I ask is because, you know, I have, um, you know, you talk to people and they say when your dad, um, they played your dad's team, people were intimidated. Like people were like, dad, we're going to get our butts kicked today. <laughs> like that's kind of the mindset, the 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 tension that he created of how serious he was about what he was doing, because he took these kids in and they'll go play tournaments and then. When they saw the name of the, you know, the team, they're like, "Oh man!" Like, you know, they're already like mentally shut down because they knew they were going to get their butts kicked. Yeah, and I mean, it's I, I just think it's uh, again, it's just the mindset that he instilled in in his players. You know, they, you know, when you get out of the car and you come come to the field, it's, you know, you're you're more mentally prepared than who you're up against. You know, just because of of you know what what he kind of taught you to believe about yourself and about the team you're a part of and the organization you're with, um, you know, just the values there, you know, and, and what's important. Um, I don't, I don't think there's, and even nowadays, we, you know, travel ball so big. And at the time when my dad started all this, he was the only thing around, mm-hmm. you know, now there's, you know, hundreds of, of, you know, travel organizations in Southern California. And it's so hard to keep, you know, keep track of, who's still around and who's not, you know, who's not in existence anymore. Um, but I, I, I could all but guarantee that, you know, not just even here in California, but anywhere, you know, you're not getting that same type of, um, and I'm, this isn't, this isn't to, to put us on a pedestal and what we do, but you know, it, it, you could be a part of a, a program an organization or, a, you know, a team or, you know, just be just have coaches that really, you know, want to teach you what this game's really about, right? And it's not necessarily only about going to tournaments during the summer and kicking everybody's ass. You know, it's about how when, you know, baseball ends, you know, what are you prepared for, right? What Or how have you prepared yourself, you know, mentally for this? And so that really puts baseball almost like it puts in perspective in a way where, you know, why, why feel pressure, you know? Why feel pressure over you know, playing whatever, you know, team I'm playing against or why feel pressure when I'm batting against this pitcher and he's throwing, you know, he's throwing 90 miles an hour or 90, you know, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, why feel pressure in those situations? In, in fact, I remember when I, you know, I am one of the, I feel like one of the few guys that, that had a really good coach, at, you know, or a really, or a dad who was a really good coach. Um, and so I really respected them as, you know, as both as my dad, but as a really good coach. And so, I mean, I just remember being on the field with him and him and my dad just talking to us about to us being the players about, well, I mean, you feel like you're in a pressure situation, but do you know what real pressure is? It's when you lose your job and you don't know when your next paycheck's coming or you don't know when, if you're going to be able to pay for your, you know, your, your, your mortgage or, you know, think that's what real pressure is. And he was teaching that to, you know, 13, 14 year olds, you know, so that they could understand like this is at the end of the day, you know, this is just, you know, a kid's game, you know, and it's, it's supposed to be fun to play. So don't, you know, don't press, don't, 
you know, don't worry. If we lose the game, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, you still expect to win, but it's not, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't define you, you know, as a person, you know, if, if you happen to lose a game doing what you, you know, doing what you're supposed to do to help yourself win, if that makes sense. So and that's, that's a great analogy. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, that's really, I mean, at, you know, I remember about, you know, maybe it was 2012, he passed away January, 2013. And I remember just him just kind of saying, all right, well, you know, this is, this is why, you know, our organization succeeds at what we do. And he kind of laid it out for me. Like, you know, it's, it's not always about baseball. Yeah. We make it seem like that because that's what the kids, you know, they, that's what they're here for. And that's what the parents sometimes just want to hear. You know, it's, it's about, yeah. you know, it's about baseball, you know, and, uh, but you're really, you know, through that tool, you're really teaching, um, just, just, you know, as, as cliche as it is, or as it sounds, you're just teaching life, you know? So it's just, a. So, so, so your dad passes and you know, sorry, to, you know, for your loss. And, you know, I lost my dad too. Um, and you know, the life really changes when that happens because I can relate. Um, but what is one thing you could say that, um, every time you think about your dad is like, this is what, this is what I'm here and put on this planet to do. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Um, you probably, you, I mean, I know you do, but what I'm saying is it's just that one word or, or that one advice he gave you that you still live today. And I, you know, you're going to carry it on and, and pass it on um, that, that he shared with you. You know, I don't know if there's any one thing. Um, there was a, there was a um, kind of like a phrase he used to say a lot of the time. Um, he used to say it to me, he used to say it to players, and it was basically whenever, you know, you weren't do, doing what you knew you should do, he would break, you know, he would basically tell you to your face, like, hey, you're not doing this for two reasons. It's either, it's either because you're stupid or you don't care, right? And then he'd look at you and say, well, I know you care, you know, so then, like, and imply, you know, obviously the, the you know, the that the player is stupid, you know, so like we would laugh at that, you know, but it, there's a lot of truth to it because, you know, when you think about it, right, and you know you're supposed to, you know, like you know as a kid, you know, your mom tells you to clean your room and you know you're supposed to do it, but you don't do it. It, it, it's, it means really one of two things. It means you don't understand what she's saying or it's not important enough, right? And so that's basically what he was, he was trying to bring to the table. Like there's only two reasons why you're not being coachable right now or, or why you're not doing the job that you, that's in your control to do. That's powerful. Um, so like we, we, I don't have them on right now, but we have like these little bracelets that say, you, you know, you're either stupid or you don't care on the bracelets, you know? So and that's, that's awesome because, yeah. you know, and, and that's, that's why this is such, you know, I, I mean, this information that you're sharing the story is so meaningful and so powerful because those things change so many people's lives mm. and they're continuing to change people's lives. Cause now you're using the same philosophy because it, it's the truth, right? You know, and, and you're, and that's, you know, and, and, and the reason I asked that because my dad was that, you know, he only had a third grade education, but there was one word he would always say. And that's, he's like, Echenle ganas, which means give it all you got, you know? And, and growing up, I was like, well, I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> and today, it's like, well, yeah, you have to give it all you got, you know. And, and and anything you do, you have to give it all you got. And if you don't, 
you know right. now it goes back to your philosophy that your dad said you yeah know? and it's weird because i find myself like repeating that phrase sometimes when i'm like oh, i don't feel like doing this or i forgot to i forgot to answer an email or you know and i forgot to you know i forgot to do this and i'm laying in bed and it's like you know one in the morning and i'm like oh, i finally get to lay down and then and then i'm like oh man i should have sent that out and then so at that point it like little like that that phrase pops in my mind, like, well, why aren't, why aren't I doing this when I know I should have done it, you know? And then my dad's voice, I could hear him, you know, in the back of my head. And I'm like, there it is. You know, still on my ass. <laughs> so, like, you know, but it's in a good way, in a yeah, good way. Of course. Yeah. And that's what gets you going. And, 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 you know, so your dad passes and then how, how does, how do you come into the picture to take over the organization? Um, you know what? I mean, I, I think that the, an organization or a team or um, you know, our academy in this, in, in this instance is it, it's only as good as the people involved. You know, I have really good um, partners who are just good people that are, you know, we, we built this on loyalty. Um, um, you know, they're, they're all tied to my dad in some way. Both guys either played or coached with my dad or both, you know? Um, so, you know, we, we were, we, we grew up in this, this teaching environment, you know, um, we just made an agreement, you know, with each other, like, hey, we're stuck with each other, you know, for life at this point, you know, because nice. of, you know, how my dad brought us together and, and you know, in the way and the manner that he kind of passed, we were just all kind of there, you know. Um, and that's, that's you know, that's just kind of, we knew that there was something special that we couldn't let die. Um, and so we just kind of, you know, his foundation that he built for us was strong and, and we, you know, really wanted to... Um, you know, in ways probably make him proud, but also, you know, at least, you know, at least me personally, I wanted to see like how we can continue to improve on, on, and on, you know, what was already built, you know, not to say that he wasn't able to do it, but because, you know, just things evolve over time. And, you know, now there's, there, there's so much more to the game now than there was 10 years ago. Now you have analytics for pitching and hitting and you have technology, um, that it's that would have been unheard of, you know, in 2013, and that wasn't even that long ago. Yeah, seven you know? years ago. And you know, for I mean, I think sabermetrics in the big leagues was coming just just kind of making its way in, which is I don't know if you remember that movie Moneyball from mm-hmm. um, you know with Brad Pitt and with the A's. Yeah. And, you know, basically they're just trying to find ways to save money and put the best team on the field, and you know that that's really what kind of catapulted all of this stuff, all this you know this analytical technology and. I mean, you're probably not familiar with like Rapsodo and and Flightscope and spin rates and all this stuff that may seem like gibberish, but it's becoming to be such an important part of you know the development process, you know, for for our instructors and major league organizations, and it's just crazy. So, you know, how do we, you know, how do we keep up with this when we're just essentially a youth organization, you know, Correct. and um. You know, so we're trying our best to implement all that in 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 one way or another, um, either whether it's through our instructors or, um, you know, program wide with with and now we use you know blast motion technology. Um, That's there, pretty cool. And there's just so much, there's, there's just so much to bring to the table from a developmental process that we have to continue to improve on. I mean, we we've adopted new catching protocols and new, you know, infield. Um, development ideas and stuff like that. I think I showed you that video yeah. earlier with that guy with the, with the string that goes across the yeah, infield. And, um, these drills are getting just so much more um, creative because we're trying to find again that edge to kind of help guys succeed and you know in in you know 
in different situations throughout the game, you know. Um, but my dad was good at that, you know. My dad was good at that too. It's just, you know, now, you know, again, things are just ever evolving. So, and you know, that's that's one of the things that um, myself is that I call it the iOS update because we have to evolve with the changes. Um, they were saying that I was reading an, uh, an article that things that we bought five years ago, if we pull out our, our receipts or our credit card statements, they're no longer usable. Like <laughs> the technology on things we bought five years ago don't work. You know, like the iPhone, what, six or seven's discontinued. Like can't use them, yeah. you know? So it just shows how, you know, in, in a sport like baseball, that's there's so many different ideas that are evolving and people are, you know, they believe in them and they work. So now you start this new technology or that technology and, you know, and it just starts, you know. Yeah. And the thing is, like, everybody's trying to get have a piece of the pie, you know. So there's all sorts of <clears throat> technologies out there and all sorts of new products out there. And everybody, you know, everybody wants to be a part of, of you know, whatever this boom is right now with the game and how it's changing at the, you know, highest level in Major League Baseball. But everybody's trying to figure out how they can, they can be a part of that. Um, and, you know, I think at the end of the day, make money. Yeah. Um, I think what it comes down to for us is, um, you know, the, the development process needs to be the best. You know, we, if, if guys are going to, you know, have the best opportunity to play, you know, baseball at the next level, uh, you know, and everybody's next level is a little bit different. You know, you have guys that go to junior college, you have guys that go to, you know, big time D1 schools, you have guys go to big time D1 schools and then bounce back to a junior college. You know, it's, you know, very rare. Um, you have, uh, you know, or do you find any, you know, two people's journey to be the same, you know? Um, so the next level for, you know, eighth grader is high school, you know, the next level for a JV player is varsity baseball, you know, and, so we just kind of got to find those, you know, the, 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 the roadmap to get guys between, you know, from one stepping stone to the next and the next and so on and so forth, you know. Um, so we, you know, it's, 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 you know, my goal, you know, to, to kind of figure out how we can be the best at that in, in, in all facets. And that's your role in the organization? That's kind of the role I assume in my mind. You know, I mean, there's all sorts of other things I do, but, I mean, that's really what my goal is for, you know, for the development side of our organization. So we haven't even mentioned your organization. You want to introduce your organization, the name, and... Yeah, it's uh, CBA. It's, uh, it stands for California Baseball Academy. I mean, you know, two, my two partners, John Pena and Josh Glassy, were sitting at Starbucks for four hours trying to figure out a catchy name. And that's what we came up with. Nice. And I, we could have probably. So now you guys heard it. It's CBA. And um, we got one of the, you know, one of the owners. And, and you know, it's a great story. So so now that you have that, you you know, you took over, you're still very. I mean, I see you how involved you are. I see how busy you are. How do you manage your time to be able to give values to the different things that you're involved with? Because you're involved in. In, in the whole operations, you're involved in the practices and the coaching, and you know how do you balance that? Well, you know what? At the beginning, um, you know, at that meeting at Starbucks at the beginning, you know, it was, um, it was crazy because my it was my idea and my goal to be on the field, you know, eighty percent of the time, and then I I hate being behind my computer, you know, and I hate sitting 
you know, at my keyboard. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I guess I'm okay at the admin side of things. And so, um, you know, that what, what weird was, you know, about two or three years into this, you know, it, it kind of flip-flopped on me. I became, you know, 20% on the field and then like 75, 80%, you know, behind my computer screen or doing admin work. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, trying to find ways to, to make the, um, the admin solution side a little bit more efficient so that there could be, there can be more time to, to go on the field and do more, um, to, to help with the development side instead of just, you know, taking care of data or, and and that's very, that answer is very admirable. And I'm going to add some stuff now kind of on the entrepreneur side, because this is, 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 is it's a business. And one of the things that, you know, being an entrepreneur myself, what I've seen is many people, know the problem but don't do anything about it you said it you know you came in when you guys were sitting at starbucks you know you're like okay i want to be 80 percent of time on the field 20 percent on admin and it flipped but now you said something super important and i want the listeners to also pay attention to anybody that wants to be an entrepreneur that you you are figuring out the solution to make it the way you want it because the problem is sometimes that we do things that we don't like to do and you're, 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 you said it earlier, there's things that I don't like to do and I've learned how to delegate them and I learned how to have somebody else do them as you, as you can see right, right now, even recording this podcast, you know, <laughs> and we have my son uh, doing all the recording and all the technical stuff because I'm not technical and I, and I don't like it. That's just something I don't like, but you know, now this is kind of giving a little twist to the entrepreneurial world that you're solving that problem and you're going to be able to go do what you love to do and have somebody else do what you don't like to do, but they love to do that. That's just right. how it works. Yeah. You know, and again, luckily going back to the people that we have involved, you know, like when I'm not able to be on the field all the time, we have, you know, coaches that pay attention to detail, follow, follow our protocols and programs. And, and, you know, we, we meet on, you know, what we need to improve on. We have player reports that we take, um, or that we go over and and you know we you know try to build our practice plans around what our deficiencies are, um, you know which, you know it's it's again you know it, it from and that's just from the on field operation side. You look at you know behind the scenes we have you know we have somebody who operates our billing system who does a really good job. We have um, somebody who who you know kind of. Um, you know, just audits from time to time, you know, the, the, the practices to make sure that they're, you know, being ran smoothly. Um, we have, uh, you know, our, our anchored coaching staff in the different areas and the different regions who run the practices in those regions. But then we have, you know, just like in a major league organization, we have the roving coaches that go from, you know, practice to practice and make sure that they're, you know, it's basically a quality control that you want to keep in, 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 in place so that, you know, you, when when players come out to play in the games or the tournaments or showcase right you know they have an expectation to live up to um you know it's hard to hold players accountable for that when you don't have that quality control system um and you just said it's system you know if you don't have systems you can't run anything you know and and you have the organization you guys have set up very great systems because if you didn't then 
this wouldn't be as big as it is. How many states are you guys in actively right now? I don't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so I just saw uh, that Hawaii. You just started. Yeah, that's that's a small little. Let's just get off the ground. I think they're gonna do just fine. So the guy that directs in Hawaii, he he's also our our uh, director in Texas too. He spends half his time in Texas, half his time in Hawaii. Um, He's gonna do a great job. He, just, he does a great job in 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 Texas with the guys out there. The, the the players love him. He's transparent. You know, he's a top notch baseball. He's a college coach. He's been in college coaching for you know twenty years. Um, you know, he, he's uh, you know just having guys like that. You know, they're gonna do a good job. They're trustworthy. They're selfless. You know, you know that um, you know players are gonna get a lot out of it. You know, nice. and the families really appreciate you know having those people involved. Um, but yeah, we're in Hawaii, we're in Texas, we're, you know, we're strong in Vegas, we're strong in Utah. Um, we're, we just got off the ground in central Florida, on uh, the Orlando oh, nice. area, um, uh, Tennessee. Um, we're beginning in the Northeast, which is like the tri-state area. Um, and it's, I mean, again, we're not just growing for the sake of growing. We have good people that want to be a part of what we're doing. We can offer them something that helps them and, and we'd rather you know, work with, you know, good people and work against them if we can, you know, so. So now, you know, if we have any listeners out there that say, you know what, well, my son's 13 or 14 and, you know, I want to get him going in baseball. What would be the one or maybe handful of tips or uh, suggestions you would share to our listeners, to the, either the parent or even actually the player if they're listening? Um, you know what? I think it just really depends. I mean, you gotta, you, you gotta kind of identify first and foremost, like where the player's at, um, you know, competitively, you know, if he's, if he's a guy that can be pushed a little bit more against higher end baseball for that age, or, you know, if they need to, you know, take some steps to, to just kind of learn how to play catch or, or run the bases or, you know, make contact with the bat when he's up to hit, you know, just, you know, you just kind of want to see where he's at, um, in the development scale first. And then, you know, kind of plug them in in the right, you know, in the right um, environment. So, I mean, I would say, you know, if, if he is a little bit more on the developmental side and needs a little bit more time and a little bit more work, I would say, okay, well, you know, let's get him an instructor that can kind of work with him, build up his confidence a little bit. Um, more importantly than learning the, you know, the fundamentals of it all is just giving him, you know, giving him a little bit of a push mentally and, and emotionally to make him feel like he can do this. Um, and then, uh, maybe, you know, plug him into, you know, a recreational league so he can just get, get his feet wet with other kids that are kind of on his level. Um, and then, and then, you know, if that grows into him being or her becoming more of a competitive player, then let's take the next step and, and, and join an academy like ours. And, and even then, you know, you're going to be challenged. So, um, but if you are, you know, if you are a little bit more talented and you have a little bit more natural ability or you're just further ahead, excuse me, in the game, um, from a, uh, from a developmental standpoint, you know, just, you know, throw them to the wolves and see what happens. And, um, you know, uh, there'll be times when, you know, guys will break down emotionally, but then you build them back up. Um, you know, there's a lot of good cop, bad cop going around here. So, <laughs> I mean, as you, I mean, as you can tell, Takayoshi is probably the bad cop, you know, majority of the time. And so I, I, once we edit this, we're going to beep out his name. Yeah. <laughs> I talk, just like, no, 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 no. Let's let the world know. You know, so that, that's the bad cop, you know. But um, before he came around, believe it or not, I was 
the hard one. I was the one that was, and now, you know, you realize like, okay, well now you have somebody, you have to again, identify the personalities, not just with the players, but with the coaches and how they're going to get through to the players. And you kind of want to be a good balance to that. So that, you know, um, you know, there are times when we're both on the field and like everybody, all the kids are going apeshit. And, and, you know, like we're both losing our mind, you know, there's no, there's no balance whatsoever, but that's where we have to kind of, you know, regroup and then, and, and, you know, figure out where the best plan of attack is, you know, going forward nice. uh, for that day or for the rest of the week or whatever it is. So, uh, so if we have any listeners that want to be part of your organization, how could they find you and where could they reach you? Um, you can go to our website uh, first. Uh, it's www.cbabaseball.org. Um, you know, we, we have all the pertinent contact information, um, details on what, uh, you know, how our organization operates, um, the regions, the practice schedules. Um, you can see our, you know, our, our college commitment list, the history of our organization, um, you know, pretty much all the information you may need just to see what the culture is about here. And one of the things, you know, you mentioned college commitments, you know, I, I follow, follow uh, the organization, you know, on social media. And it's, it's amazing to see the, I mean, every week there's one or two players that, I mean, that's yeah and let me put that in perspective too we're pretty big in numbers you know so it's you're gonna see that you know um that's and it's it's a great pr you know it's a great pr for us or pr tool for us to 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 throw out there our guy you know who commits to colleges i i do want to bring to light that you know you'll always see like whether it's on social media uh or on our website or you know a kid committing somewhere or you know, um, you know, getting drafted or stuff like that. You'll never ever see the kid, the the kid who says, "Oh, I just committed to USC." Right? That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. You'll never see when he. You'll never see a tweet of him saying, "Oh, I I lost my scholarship and I'm bouncing back to a junior college." You know, so there's there's so much. Um, I mean the 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 perception is is it's you know not to say that you know it's wrong and what we're doing but it, the perception is that there's so many kids that go to college to play baseball and it's not just us but there's not everybody stays there not every player you know what I mean so the goal for us is at least for me personally is to help provide and teach habits that help them to stay there and persevere you know, when things aren't going their way when they get to college, you know. Nice. So. Awesome. So one last thing, you know, and, and I greatly appreciate the story. Is there anything that you want to add, any advice you want to give, you know, overall, um, you know, and thank you again. It's, a, it's an amazing story. And um, just being able to see how this has, how, how you, you took over, you know, your dad's legacy you know, change some things up and the partners and, you know, you sat at Starbucks. I mean, the whole story is just unbelievable. I mean, you know, now I look at the organization, I look at you, you know, just by knowing you, it's like, I know you're, you, you have the, the, the bull by the horns, you know, and, and it shows. And so, you know, I want to, I want to congratulate you on that. Cause oh, thank you. Great job, you know, and, and keep it up. Cause you know, ours, my son, is in your organization and we're, we're very blessed and we're very happy and we've seen the 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 the, the development yeah i mean it's if if you don't see it then you should probably pull them out 
So, yeah. I mean, but um, no, I mean, just to, I mean, the, the time that, you know, I'm around, you know, the kids, you know, and I try to, you know, I try to keep track of guys, you know, progress, whether it's, you know, to see where they were six months ago and where they are now, you know, and, and see what kind of they, what, what they've done in the meantime to, to get, you know, to create improvement. Um, you know, just kind of cool to, 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 I mean, everybody always tells, you know, I shouldn't say everybody, but people tell me thank you sometimes, but really I, I, I'm just, you know, we're, we're just a small part of this big, it's a much bigger process than, than what we're here. But um, the touch, your touch, you know, just the things that you've, you've kept in place, the, the, the culture, you know, the, the core values, because there has to be core values that you guys bring to this. It's all very, very established that everybody, and, and that's why people come into the organization, have results, and, 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 you know, end up with a scholarship or, you know, or a better, you know, they don't finish baseball, but they go out to the real world and become successful in whatever they decide to do. So the, the impact you guys have is just over the top. Yeah. Well, again, man, it's just really fun to be, to be here and do what we do. I mean, I'm, I can't complain about my job. I mean, every now and then I'll pull my hair out over, you know, being on my computer, you know, or, or, or stuff like that. Well, the but, good thing you're, you're on changing that. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's gonna, you know, always be a work in progress. I think, I mean, I can't ever 100% remove right. myself from that role, but it's going to be, you know, it, it, you know, I, again, a lot of help on that side too. Cool. So, yeah. Well, that's it. We're going to wrap this up. Thank you again, Joe. And I appreciate everything and great conversation and we'll see you soon. Yeah, Thank thanks you for having me. Okay, so what? Someone hit your block up. I tell you if it was us. Man, a house and road.